When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to The Big Interview with Graham Hunter. This is part two of our Q&A show for January. I'm Neil White. I'm joined by Graham Hunter, the host of The Big Interview, and... Pete Jensen from La Liga Television and our special guest for these Q&A shows. These guys are here to answer questions sent to us by our socios. There are listeners who support us on patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. They receive early access, ad-free access to all of our shows and they contribute not just to these Q&A shows but to the interviews that we do with footballers and coaches. If you missed part one, then you missed a selection of questions on Football Club Barcelona from their activities in the transfer window to their wranglings um, between current and former board members. Today we're going to move away from Barcelona and look at the rest of Spanish football, starting with a question from Robert McIntosh. So Robert McIntosh asks, do you see redemption happening for Anthony Martial at Sevilla? If so, what does that tell you about how his talent was managed at Manchester United? Sevilla did a great job, by the way, trailing and then announcing this signing on social media. Were they right to be so excited? Graham Hunter, what do you see in the tea leaves from Mr. Martial? Let's go to our very own Sex Panther um, on this one because Pete has been spending some time in and around Seville. I have strong views, but I think it's it's right that Pete leads. They're very excited about him and, um, 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 and well, well, they might be. Um, and United, Manchester United fans might think, well, you're really getting excited about Martial. You haven't been watching him recently. But um, from Sevilla's point of view, I think it's, it's seen as, as, as a signing that can, if not win them the league, certainly keep them in the scrap right until um, the end of the season. Um, Graham's right. We, uh, Sevilla did something yesterday. What was yesterday? Yesterday was Thursday, wasn't it? No, yes, yesterday was Thursday. Um, Monchi spoke. Ivan Rakitic spoke. Um, and, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're delighted. And Rakitic as well, saying that he thinks the arrival of Martial maybe even will help convince um, the likes of Diego Carlos that you know he should stay to the end of the season as well. And, and Monchi revealed a little bit later on in the, this, this call that um, as far as he's concerned, he spoke to, to uh, Newcastle three days previous um, and both sides put their, their negotiation position forward and... And, and, and as far as Sevilla are concerned, it's, it's closed that, and then he's, and he's going to stay, Diego Carlos. So if that happens, if Diego Carlos does stay, um, with the signing of Tecatito and Martial, then they've had an excellent window and, and they've made signings that will keep them in the race right until the end. Um, remind me, uh, um, of when Freddie Caruti arrived from Tottenham. Um, obviously a completely different player, but, um, you know, you, you, you wouldn't have heard any Tottenham fans when Freddie Canuti signed for Sevilla saying, what the hell are we doing getting rid of Freddie Canuti? And of course he went on to win. Uh, I think it was six trophies and he's the fourth highest scorer in Sevilla's history um, Sevilla is a, is a strange place it's a, like a convalescence home that's the wrong word isn't it Graham it's not a convalescence home it's somewhere you go um, and you just you know they plug you into the wall and you just come alive again it's a great place to play football 
Um, and even in the press conference, actually, Martial, at the start of the press conference, he's, when he was presented the previous day, his kind of head was down and he wasn't looking at any of the journalists when they were asking the questions. And um, he looked pretty miserable and not, not particularly happy to be there. By the end of the press conference, there were a few jokes, as they always are, provoked by the mix-ups with translations and one, one thing and another. And he was laughing and smiling and, and looked as if he was having fun. And if the same things happen happens onto the, on the pitch, then it'll be fantastic. A quick word about Tecatito, by the way, uh, named after... Uh, um, a Mexican beer um, um, because um, he was signed by a club in in I think in Monterrey and Monterrey was sponsored um, by just about every uh, beer brand in uh, in North America apart from Corona and, and his real name is Corona so obviously when he signs they say to him well you can't possibly put Corona on the back of your shirt we're going to have to give you a different name and Tecate I think Tecate is the is the is the is a beer name one of the many beers that was sponsoring this club and of course he's a, he's a smallest player so he became Tecate and he's been lively when he's when he's come on and I think he started the last game so two good signings for Lopetegui um, and if Enesiri hits the ground running as well when he returns and Diego Carlos Cundo together in the centre defence they can go the distance they can they can keep breathing down Real Madrid's neck right until the last weekend we're going to get to broader issues around Sevilla's title challenge but right now what did you think when, when they landed uh, Big Ant? I, I like any deal where Monchi is sure. Not every Monchi deal across um, his 21-year history at Sevilla has been an outright success. Very few of them have been failures. Very few of them have proven that they're, they're failures that nick off to another club and suddenly erupt. Um, his pursuit of Martial has been really firm. Um irrespective of just the simple numbers at Manchester United, I think Martial is not only an extremely gifted, he's something that Sibel don't have at the moment. Um, he's got a, a burst of pace in small spaces that even the likes of, let's say, Papu doesn't bring. Um, neither... And Naziri, nor his, his very far down the line, Deputy Rafa Mir, have got... They're both big and explosive, but neither of them have got the deftness of feet and the little slalom runs or nice wall passes around the area that this guy's got. Suso's got that on the other side, but he's been out for the majority of the season and has been a desperate loss. And we could... We could go into other players because Ocampos has madness in his genes and he, he spews it out all over the pitch and it's uplifting and it's crazy and he's like a he's like an electric Ted McMinn, if you'll and I I I think Ted McMinn was probably the model when they saw Campos playing at um, at Marseille. But Marshall, you know, does he could on he can he could dribble past people in a phone box? His goal record isn't prolific, but he's got a decent record against. If you look at it across his career, his very best percentage record against a big club is against City, um, where he's got a healthy number of wins and a healthy number of goals. Other than that, he tends to score against stubborn middle ranking clubs, and. 
that's part of what Sevilla need to do if they're to win the title. And I like the idea that he's got a, a speed, a flair, and a show-offiness. He's a, he's a player that if he believes the team and the crowd are with him, he can do... He can produce special moments. I don't think he's a guy that whose character or whose flamboyance takes that club and that city by the scruff of the neck. But I think he is somebody for whom, as Pete hinted, Sevilla could be a marvellous platform. And they, if you look at their their score lines, if you even look at their last two performances, where had they had they won instead of drawing, and frankly, they. Probably could and should have won both games, irrespective of the absences that they were suffering for various reasons. Um, it was a it was a cheeky wee goal they were missing. Now you can find that in a in an out and out penalty box number nine, but that's far more difficult to produce than a Martial is. So without saying it's a guarantee, this podcast knows Martial inside out. I think that what we saw uh, both uh, Lyon. And at Manchester United suggests that Sevilla have moved forward with Martial. And if there's a click in terms of attitude, in terms of asking him to do the right things, keeping him fit, him loving, loving the, the crowd atmosphere at Nervion. Let's wait and see. Pete's closer at the moment to Lopetegui much than I am. Lopetegui's a, a demanding, pushy, almost bullying kind of coach. That's the one I'm waiting for. Uh, but if that goes well, Martial can undoubtedly help uh, Seville win a trophy. And remember, the Europa League culminates at the Nervio, and that's where the final is held. So they've won it regularly. What they haven't done is won it in their own stadium, and that's an objective too. Let's stay at the Nervio and stay with Sevilla, Lopetegui and Monchi. Is their title challenge, asks our sponsors, Bet365, the reason they were reluctant to sell stars during the January window, such as Diego Carlos. Now, we are jumping the gun by a few days, um, but Pete, we're going to come back to you on this because you have been in touch with Sevilla much more recently. First of all, let's let's start by covering ourselves. Do you think Diego Carlos is still going to be a Sevilla player in three days? Um, and then what how much has their league position and their form played into their strategy this January? Yeah, Sevilla, Sevilla believe that, that, that they've received the last offer that they're going to receive from Newcastle and that they've turned it down and he'll be staying. Um, and the only thing that will change that is if Newcastle change their tune and, and make a ridiculous offer, um, which will, by the way, destroy Sevilla's uh, title chances because it, it leaves them with so little time to, to get themselves sorted even though we know that Monchi has a list of you know 10 players ready to step in for when eventually someone is sold um, uh, I think they can sustain the challenge uh, it, it, sorry that wasn't the question was it the but question was, no it, it was going to come it was going to come <laughs> the, the question was um, uh, is the fact that they're going to sustain the challenge reason why they've been able to keep players or why they want to hang on to players I think Monchi knows this is the time I think Monchi knows that if it's, it's now or never I mean he won't say it but um the state that Barcelona are in is not going to last forever. Um, Atletico Madrid uh, are in an awful mess as well. And let's not get carried away just because they beat Valencia with a, with a dramatic last goal. Um, 
Um, it doesn't change a lot about about the situation that they're in under under Diego Simeone. Um, so you you know it's only Real Madrid. Um, and Madrid have shown in, in recent weeks that, um, you know, maybe Carlo Ancelotti's decision to pretty much not rotate in the first half of the season is going to come back to bite him on the backside in the second half. We'll see. Um, um, Madrid are the clear favourites because they've got in Alaba uh, and Militao probably the best central defensive partnership in the league and in Vinicius and Benzema they're certainly the best attacking partnership. But if Sevilla have Diego Carlos and, and, and Jules Koundé and neither of them are, are too depressed about the fact they haven't gone. Now, uh, Monchi was asked yesterday, is Diego Carlos upset? And he said, well, I saw him this morning and he looked happy enough. The size of him, if he was upset, I might have to change my mind. Um, so, you know, he made a joke of it. Um, Sevilla have a, a tendency for players not to not to get too upset and, and to see things out. And, and both Diego Carlos and Kunde, I'd imagine, will, will, will maybe leave in the summer. Um, but, um, sorry, Graham. It drives me into an absolute can rage, this, this whole issue. So, sponsors Pet365... Here's my side of it. Pete's analysis of Sevilla is perfect. What, what about, you know, when I started in, in full-time journalism in the early 90s, one of the things that, you know, without internet, without Twitter, and without, you know, a great grasp of foreign languages, I decided to do in my own back was to phone up, you know, correspondents for Nantes or Panathinaikos or Mallorca and say, this story that's bouncing around... Is it true? And predominantly they say, well, now that the club allows us into training every day, we speak to the president, it's not happening, it's a load of bull. And that was because clubs or agents in Britain would feed a line out to reporters in Britain and reporters would go like, as long as I'm being fed, I don't care. Give me monosodium glutamate. Yeah, I'll put that in the paper. Well, bollocks to you. That is echoed now forward to 2022 where if... if I'm not mistaken, two things have happened. There is an intermediate with a very long surname that would work nicely as a Scrabble uh, bonus uh, answer, who's been telling people, oh, Sevilla will accept this much and I'm the intermediary. And Newcastle have shown the same visionary, clear-headed experience as they did... In, in believing that if you get the yes from Unai Emery in football, that's an absolute guarantee. A yes is a yes in football. They, they've had a little tickle at it going, well, it's only Seville. It's only Diego Carlos. Yeah, if we if we chuck in 25 million or 30 million, that'll probably do it. You're like, get a, you know, get a grip. You know, this fella is in line to win big trophies. This fella is living in a beautiful sunny climate. Um, this fella come the summer, should he choose to leave at only 29, will command the same sort of wages as Newcastle are offering. Centre-halves of his ability and size and pace are not 10 a penny. And he could sign if he wanted to leave Seville for a club that's not going into the championship. So in all honesty, even though they were whispering worm tongue in his ear about how much he'd earn, which they were, why is this even a story? Munchie was quite clear that although the buyout was what he, buyout closer to eighty five million was what he'd say they were asking for, nothing under sixty million euros would even be considered. Newcastle didn't want to come anywhere near that. They've said in public they won't give players who are signing an opt out if we get relegated clause. It, the whole thing stinks like ten day old fish. It was a joke. Would you like me to be clearer? Conclusive. 
No, no, I think I, I think I have an understanding of, of your of your take on that now. Thank you very much. Um, Sevilla, we leave there. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, there's going to be a little bit of Erling Haaland. We're going to have a little bit of Atleti versus Manchester United. More soon. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're back. I really hope that everybody who's listening to this has tuned into both parts of the big interview that we did with um, Jan Aga Fjortoft recently. It was a brilliant chat. Um, one of the most interesting aspects of it was Graham and Jan talking about Erling Haaland, a player with whom he has a really good relationship. That's Jan, not so much Graham, as far as I know. Um, the next question is about Erling. Finley MacDonald, um, hello socio Finley MacDonald, asks, how do you rate the chances of Ibar in their promotion push and will Dortmund still have Haaland by the time they play the Mighty Jairs? Finley is a Rangers supporter. Let's briefly start um, on Haaland. Given, Graham, that you were chatting to um, Jan, who seems to have a really good take on the kind of measured view that the people that Erling Haaland works with has of his career, do you think he's going to leave any time soon? I think that the question probably becomes null and void because um, at the weekend he scored and came off with an injury that although I'm neither um, a Bundesliga expert nor a medical professional is going to invalidate any idea of him going during this window. Secondly, the idea that he stays at Dortmund beyond this summer seems to me to be ludicrous. He's prodigious in terms of his development in that his play, never mind his, his goal rate, marks him out at the moment as one of these potentially one of these extraordinary men like uh, the three Swedes at Milan in the fifties, the Granoli uh, trio, or Di Stefano, or Gert Muller, or Jimmy Greaves, or Ronaldo, or Messi, because his his goal rate in a situation where he, he shouldn't be scoring at that age. For, for a team which is reasonable but not all-conquering and he can convert his scoring rate into the Champions League means that at this stage he, he's marked down as somebody who's genuinely extraordinary. But if you look at the way in which his game's developed, if you look at the way in which he handles with equanimity the massive focus that's upon him, his um, the, the speed with which he, he coped with the move out of the Red Bull organisation and... and Dortmund and the passionate uh, yellow black wall fans, the demands that are placed upon them there in the in the Westfalen Stadion. To say that he needs another year at a club that isn't guaranteed to be winning big trophies and isn't guaranteed to be competing at the highest level in Europe, given that they were, 
you know, I didn't anticipate it, but they were roundly thumped in the Champions League this season. It's nonsensical to think that anything other than a brutal injury that rules out the summer market keeps him at Dortmund. So, yeah, you asked me about moving. Not this market, no chance. I don't think there really ever was. Um, I think there's been some jockeying about um, what Dortmund can demand, whether uh, there was a possibility of an extraordinary sum buying him now rather than when the different clause of about 75 million comes into play in the summer. There was some jockeying for position, but I don't think Finlay there was any danger about um, about him being absent from Dortmund as a footballer by the time they, they play. Whoever, they've drawn... No, I, Finlay, I can't remember who they've drawn in Europe, but the long and short of it is that uh, unless he's injured, yeah, he'll be playing and scoring at Ibrox. And my opinion is that there's a slight advantage. I think the evidence tells us there's a slight advantage to La Liga clubs slightly ahead of Manchester City in terms of where he'll end up. And I'm talking minor percentages. And the thing that um, excites me most is that I think, and Jan Aga Fjortov too, who knows you know, Alfie, the dad, really well, played with each, with each other. He's just... Um, this week been to interview Erling at huge length uh, Jan Aga has and I think he, they take advice from him too as the Odegaards did so w- what I would suggest is that um, w- whether they like it or not uh, a media storm is coming about okay we don't really need Messi and Ronaldo anymore we've got Haaland and Mbappe and it fascinates me to work out, does Harling want to be at Madrid with Mbappe? Does he want to be at another club where the marketing goes crazy because they get compared all the time? Will that be a factor after the money and the trophy evaluation? I, I, I often get turned off by transfer market speculation now because there's literally so much candy floss rubbish spoken but how these, how that move evolves, the criteria upon which it's decided, that will fascinate me between now and the summer. The other part of Finley's question, Pete, I'll throw it to you, which is about Ibar and their promotion push. Um, what do you think the chances are of closing that out? Well, they're top, um, so they're, they're, in a, they're in a good position. They've got um, a very interesting player scoring all their goals, Stoichkov, whose, whose name is not Stoichkov at all, but of course we have the tradition in Spain where you can basically be called anything you want to be called. Um, and I think... They, they, uh, I'm not sure what his real name is. I think it's... it's uh, let's see if I can Diego. find it now. Diego. Uh, Die- uh, here it is. Juan Diego, Diego Molina. Juan Diego Molina. Um, but everyone calls him Stoichkov. Um, and he doesn't look a lot like Stoichkov either. But um, um, he's got 11 goals. He got 11 goals last season as well for Sabadell. He's one of these players that um, hasn't played at this level. Um, he st- started playing at this level very late. He was 26. I think he's 28 now. Um, and he's one of the top scorers. He's going for the for the second division golden boot. So with his goals, and of course the great story, if they do do it, is, is, is on on the bench because Gaiska Garitana was the man who got them promoted the last time they got promoted he stayed at the club for that first season I think the first half of the season they went like a train they were eighth they fell apart in the second half of the season they ended up finishing third bottom went down he being the man of dignity and honour that he is did, fell on his sword 
Um, and then someone said, hang on a minute, uh, haven't Elche broken just about every uh, economic rule that we've set this season in La Liga? And of course, Elche in the end were relegated. So Abar stayed up, but Garitano could hardly U-turn and in came Mendelibar and, and the rest is, is Abar history. So it'd be brilliant for him if, if for the second time in his career he can get Abar into the top flight. Um, we want them back, I think most neutrals do, um, because of the kind of club they are. Um, and yeah, every chance. Although it's it's a real bun fight, the second division. It, it's the season seems to go on forever. They're still playing playoffs in June and July when 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 everyone else is is on the beach. Um, so there are lots of twists and turns to come, but they're in a strong position. The, Neil, I have to throw in because Pete made it, and it's always if you notice in these Q and A's, it's always Pete that makes us laugh. Um, so I do need to up my game a lot. But for a man born on bonfire night. Um, Juan Diego Molina his name Stoichkov because his dad was so um, obsessed with Risto Stoichkov that the little kid um, although he was baptised Juan Diego and I think goes by Diego um, around the house he's just called Stoichkov and when he presented himself at school and he was asked for the first ever school register what's your name he said Stoichkov he genuinely thought his, his real name was Stoichkov. So you have to love that. You have to love that. We have one more question for you in this month's Q&A show. Socio Tomli. Atleti V Man U is coming up um, and he wants to know what your opinion is about the key jewels. Uh, he suggests Ronaldo versus the entirety of the Atleti defence, Ranić versus Varane, uh, sorry, Varane versus Griezmann, Ranić versus Simeone. So Pete, where will this game be won and lost? Yeah, Ronaldo against the Atletico Madrid defence is probably a good good place to start. It's been pretty appalling this season. I think they're heading towards letting in more goals in one season than than they've ever let in in Simeone's ten years. I think you could see it coming right at the start of the season. Really, with with the players that he had, it's only got weaker with the departure of Trippier, who was probably their best defender, certainly their best fullback. Um, Savage is their best central defender and is in his too too often not out. Their second best defender is Jimenez and he's also too often out. Um, so Ronaldo, I mean I, I'm not um I'm not seeing him on a regular basis for United. I understand that it's not been the dream return, but he'll still be majorly up for it in his favourite competition. Um, and playing obviously one leg back in Spain. Simeone's tactics will be fascinating as well. We know that he went with the uh, the famous um, six four zero last season against Chelsea um, in both legs, pretty much. Um, yeah, will, will he be uh, sufficiently enthused by that dramatic comeback against Valencia, which they got very excited about at Atleti, and um, it's seen as the kind of justification for going on the same way that they are for the next, you know, couple of seasons, um, and all their troubles are forgotten. Um, it'll be interesting to see how how Simeone lines them up. Griezmann, we're not sure how fit he's going to be because obviously he's he's been out for some time now. Um, one thing I would say is that um, I think they, you know, um, Mateus Cunha um, looks like a Simeone player. They actually to come back in that game against um, um, it was Valencia, wasn't it? It was Valencia. Um, they basically reverted to Cholo ball. Um, um, Joao Felix had to sling his hook, um, and you know they played the way that Simeone wants wants them to play. And he said after the game, I, I could see, I felt identified by by the way we played in the last half an hour. Um, and I think Cunha is a, is, a, is a striker in the style of Diego Costa, not the same, but 
is a Simeone striker and I think if he starts to to build the way Aleti attack around him probably at the expense of, of Suarez um, then you know that might make Aleti's second half of the season um, better than it, than it would otherwise have been but um, yeah Ronaldo against the Atleti defence I'd say Graham, what are you looking forward to watching? It, it's Neil it's well it's it's such a balanced tie because they're almost twins Atleti and United in their unpredictability. Neither of them are punching the weight of the quality of their players. Both of them have produced notable results this season. For example, example, Atleti away at Porto was an extraordinary game and an extraordinary performance and, and it seemed to be the, the touch paper game. If you look at United's atrocious season, some of their wins, uh, I think most Notably against Spurs, for example, they they started by winning away at, at, at Wolves and then recently lost at home to Wolves. They um, even in the dog days of uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer were still at the end of that massive thirty-plus game run of undefeated away from home. It, they're they're so odd, each of them, and I think that. From my understanding of Manchester United and, and the, the, the fact that everybody is clear that with the market still to close, they haven't got the balance in central midfield. In, uh, largely, Rangnick has gone for uh, 4-2-3-1. With a 4-4-2 and, and Fred McTominay in the middle of the midfield, there is clearly a, a, a problem. Um, I think McTominay is... is is, is going to make it. I think he's an important footballer. Um, I think he's still in that development stage and while the rest of the team and the squad is injudicious and up and down, it maybe highlights his progression, but I think his progression will be sufficient. And therefore, what can Atleti do to highlight the cracks in the organising holding part of Manchester Manchester United's midfield so whether it is um, Kondogbia or Koke or Rodrigo de Paul, about whom I think there's a little bit too much fuss made. Good player. There is a stat that says when he goes off, Atleti don't perform as powerfully. But his mobility and the number of things he does to make Atleti perform quickly rather than his brilliant use of the ball at length. You, you, I mean, Pete, Neil, listeners, Pete commentates a lot on, on Atleti and, and therefore you're in a good position. You've spotted or you feel something similar. He's a player that, that will admire his own pass just for half a second after he plays it. And, and, and he, he, not everything he does is for the absolute benefit of the team. Um, he's, he's, he's technically brilliant, um, but I think, and I think it's affected Cocky's game as well in a negative way. Um, Good player, but the, the saviour of, of, of their season, the fantastic sign that we're going to lead them to another title. No, no, absolutely not. Not, not so. And, 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 and therefore, the, you know, because you don't only win midfield battles when you look at midfielders versus midfielders. It would have been a lot about <laughs> what can, can Trippier do on, on one side and whoever played on the left. Would it be wing-backs? Could you get superiority there, Tom? I think that's... Part of the answer, the, the way I look at it moving away from strategy is that when Bruno plays, Manchester United are exceptional. And when Bruno doesn't play, they're beatable. I think that if Atleti, pound for pound, have their best 11 on and Cholo Simeone rather than Nelson Vivas, 
maybe phones up Mona Burgos for some tactical advice about how to do damage about, to Manchester United. I think the best Atleti eleven and both teams on best form, I think Atleti win. Um, whether that's how things pan out when both sides have a real record of, of late goals. So I think it's a nail-biter. Those who t- Tom likes to you know punt on, on games, those who like to punt might look at the players who, who most regularly score late goals. And it's my opinion that this season, David De Gea is playing at a better level than Jan Oblak. Jan Oblak is not awful, but this is his individually. This is his most error-prone season, and lots of that is to do with what's in front of him and what type of ball arrives at him or into his box. Different from any season he's ever experienced before. But De Gea is regularly making the difference, and Oblak regularly isn't. So I think it's massively balanced tie. And there's no point in predicting a winner now and saying because of this, you can flip a coin. But Tom, there's so much, there's so much time. I mean, because what is it? 17th February. I think it's 17th February at least. It, it, there's so much time. And I don't even know if I've got that date right, Tom. I apologise. That's certainly when Barca play Napoli. I think there's so much time during which you can see about the Varane effect. I think he's only lost one since he came back. United have only had seven clean sheets in 30 matches, all comps. And Antoine Griezmann being fit and on form. I think he's probably back for um, the next club weekend. But is he fully fit and firing on all cylinders for United? That's another big, big factor. Good tie. Really interesting tie. And that's everything for this month's Q&A show. Thanks to all the socios who sent in questions this month. Graham Hunter and Pete Jensen, thanks as always to you guys. And thank you for listening. Enjoy your football. Bye-bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.